found that in order to get full coverage on YouTube, you have to have copyright free music because I'm all about getting that bag. You cannot get monetized. If you have anything that resembles possible copyright infringement. Therefore, I had to change my impro, intro. Hey y'all, this is 2022, a new year, a new time for podcasting. And I had to get a funky beat to basically express what I want to put out in the atmosphere. And this is Tenfro. I'm back, back, back again. I'm a social critic, thought leader, but I'm more recluse, reclusive than cranky. But I want to read, watch, cook, and just share all things that make me happy. My wish is that this increases the curiosity of the listening audience to come back for more and to share with friends. I want one million unique listeners and downloads. I want creative quality Millie to be known around the world. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. So if you're listening to me on YouTube, click subscribe. Tip a sister. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. And enjoy and get your bop on. Copyright free. So today in Black Excellence, I am finding myself back in Chattanooga, Tennessee um, after a while in Virginia. I'm learning that there is air of chaos and just absolute craziness when I go home. It is hard to be and to create in Virginia. I noticed or have noticed that I did not feel like creating a whole bunch of things and for a wide variety of reasons. One in particular was the fact that I had to go home uh, due to the death of my father. I basically could and probably will write a whole true pop, true uh, crime podcast about um, the call and how I found out of his death and all of the aftermath. I don't think I'm in the right state of mind to be able to do that now. And I just wish the listening audience, um, I'm grateful for well wishes. I'm grateful that people continue to follow my blog, even though I didn't post anything for two, almost two and a half straight weeks. I'm grateful that I'm still followed. But what I am also grateful for is the seemingly uh, just the outpouring of attention, positive, mostly positive. I've become even more reclusive and mistrustful um, in a lot of my dealings with the general public, uh, but I'm also excited about feeling back and getting back close to normal. I sit here 
in a house that I have fought hard for being tossed around or be or tossing around like and feeling like getting used to being back in my own space getting back to being the tenfro of it all I have made it I made up in my mind a long time ago that I was never coming back to Virginia and for good reason um and apparently so I'm not going to have to go back um I'll always go back um I'll always go back uh, as a a um, a tourist. My home is actually here. My home is where my dog is and where my truck is parked. And since my truck has been parked um, in my yard in Tennessee, that's where my home is. Home is about so many things. Home is where you feel safe, where you make your peace with life, where you don't have to explain anything to anyone and you make the decisions. I'm at home in Tennessee, for real. And I got to get back to the safety of being in my home and being happy within my skin. Um. This is my podcast, and I can truly say that I um, am happy to be not in my skin. I'm in my skin. I'm, I can sit in my uh, night clothes all day, except for when I have to go out somewhere. I can order up food to pick up. I can get coffee outside or ground it and make it fresh inside. Um, I can figure out where these red ants came from that just popped up, showed up in my bedroom. I have no lead in, but them bastards are getting the hell up out of my house. This is me as black excellence. I'm black excellence. I have a podcast, I have a platform, and I'm going to use and say uh, within reason my opinions. Tenfro is reading podcast is my opinion about not only what I'm reading, but also what I'm seeing in the news on streaming services um, and my interaction with everyday life. I can actually do that because I can afford to pay those fees to Podbeam. I don't have to do it with Anchor. Y'all should check out Anchor and tell them I sent you, but it is wonderful to know that it is free not to say anything and not everybody has to have an opinion on everything but there also comes a time when you can get if you have formulated an opinion that also is helpful you should do that that's that's for real i also just realized that my next person that i wanted to talk about is Katanji Brown Jackson because during the time that I was on my self-imposed hiatus, um, she was confirmed as the first African-American as a Supreme Court justice. Just took us 200 years, but better late than never. I had many comments. I did not watch the confirmation except for clips of her defense by Cory Booker 
and he was maybe he was doing it for press time, but he at least understood the assignment. I was not was disappointed, but not really shocked that three white people from the on the other side of the aisle came to her defense because they got some damn sense. And I never knew that uh, Mitt Romney and those other two white ladies from up north had had it within them, but they actually, they understood the assignment. They also broke with their stupid, conservative, dumbass party and wanted to be on the right side of history. They tried to paint this Harvard Review lawyer that is taking the place of the dude that she clerked for on the Supreme Court as some type of left-wing, um, liberal, soft-on-crime bullshit. All I could think was, it's about time she handled it with grace. And it didn't require... <laughs> Cory Booker or her husband slapping anybody. It, but they did, or Cory Booker, it was a smackdown of words because the things that they were coming at her for had nothing um, to do with her job and what she will do on the Supreme Court. I found it rich that they let that Barrett um, woman who probably belongs to a fucking cult, religious cult. They also let a drunk ass rapist on the Supreme Court and they got a Supreme Court, the only other black person on the Supreme Court. His wife is probably one of the QAnon uh, conspirators. And y'all mean y'all wanted to drag this hot, overqualified black woman through the mud for your own purposes, all of them. Ted Cruz and that Daffy Duck looking motherfucker from Ohio, all of them need to go sit down somewhere. Because oh, and uh on the DL, uh Lindsey Graham. All of y'all gonna pay for this. History is not gonna look favorably upon these people that are doing the most at this time. And what I do think is that and she is such a stark contrast to the conservatives that have were railroad or just they blew in um, to the Supreme Court. It makes me sick to think that that's why I couldn't watch the confirmations because it was ridiculous. It was it was appalling that these people we and, it, and and they were insulting our intelligence like we didn't know what they were doing or what they were saying or what they were implying. It was that how dare you have this person that seems to be born for this position who is so qualified has to be overly qualified. How dare you think that we're not going to find something to try to ding her and hang her up on. And that is why if there ever was a recall for stupidity, the Ted Cruz's and the Grassley's and the, um, um, the grams of it all would be recalled and they would go away into the wind 
because what is also very disconcerting is that there are a lot of people that look exactly like them that want people that look like her and me to go away. They don't trust the truth. They don't trust their eyes. They, are, they trust what they believe, even though it's flawed, even though it's negative, even though it's not really bound in fact, it's twisted and it's maniacal. They would rather believe some other alternate and ma people making up things that have nothing to do with their fitness for the job. But they'll really just accept someone that looks like a white version of themselves just because they're white. Because you can't have this black woman who is perfect in every way and so well-rounded and the epitome of what a Supreme Court justice is supposed to be. You would rather have a drunk rapist um, um, cult member be on the court I, I, just because they have the privilege of not being black. I find it, that to me is appalling in itself. And then they actually wonder why people that look like her and me, and w that we aren't just randomly going around smacking the shit out of people because they're still stu so fucking stupid. Because we're tired. It is so tiring and exhausting to always have to constantly improve yourself. It is so tired and exhausting to be polite when it's so fake. But we still persevere. We still go on. And we still, no matter what, we still end up being and working hard. But I'm sure they're going to try to continue. But it's already too late because they already confirmed her. And, and I'm going to end with this. People like that, oh, that fool Tim, oh, what is his name? We have the Tim Scotts of the world that choose to be Republicans, but at what cost? At what cost? He did not defend her. He voted not to confirm her. He is such a waste of talent and of education and goodwill to basically continue within that party. If it were the party of the early 20th century of the black elite of the um the party of lincoln it is so far from that at this time it is it is the epitome of white supremacy conservativeness mediocrity and stupidity and they are hell-bent on making all of us be that way and returning um, to at least a thought process of days even predating the Civil War, I think. They are okay with supporting mediocrity as long as you say and do and believe uh, what they believe. And um, what did he sell his soul to? Because I think stupidity, you are smart, but if you choose to act like a mediocre dumbass, it's it's such a waste. And him siding with that party makes absolutely no sense to me.
I'm always going to try to expand my knowledge. I'm going to question, form my own opinion, but I'm going to have all of the data. And I'm going to demand that the data be truthful and the data makes sense. And if it doesn't make, if I can't make it make sense, because if the math ain't mathing or, and I'm not going to subvert it or pervert it for my own means. I'm going to form my own opinion with the data. If I can truly believe the data, yes. If I can understand it and believe the data, I'm going to then form my opinion from multiple sources um, and make it and if it and get the opinion. But if I can't do that, then there's no reason why I'm going to have to speak on it. The research shows that the Republican Party is not for people that look like me. The and for people to say that to be black and to be a Republican, that makes no sense to me in 2022. That has no basis in reality. And the Tim Scott's, the Cruz's, Grassley's, stupid mugs, they have proven that there is no place for people that look like us in their party. And you can't make me um, not understand that. And you, and you can't make me um, see anything different because I can't, I would not be able to sell my soul and swallow that much to be in alignment with people that to say the dirty and disgusting things and to do these actions and say that I'm still gonna be able to be aligned with that party. There's no way. You can't say you get a defector and a dumbass like um, this Purdue fool down here or Tom or um, Chump and his cronies and say that you can still align yourself with the party of that type of nonsense. And this is in my reality and, and the place that I am now. And in spite of that, Judge Jackson Brown Jackson was able to go through that without an audible eye roll and just not go ballistic and clear it. She handled it professionally and she basically got some cuts in like, that has nothing to do with my job. You know, when they ask her some dumbass shit, because what I've also found that they, after hearing some of the clips from those hearings, there really are such thing as dumb questions. And the questions that you really don't need to ask. I'm learning that every day in my professional life, but definitely it was on full display um, in these confirmation histories, um, co confirmation um, hearings. There is a such thing as dumbass questions, and they I asked them all. She handled it brilliant, and my hats or a fro off to probably the one of the greatest justices to come through since Thurgood Marshall. Just saying, but then again, I'm biased. Ooh, I think some people will also argue against me because Ruth Bader Ginsburg was also bomb in a very subtle way and also history making. But I don't know. Katanji Brown Jackson, bomb. As far as female and black, Thurgood Marshall, just saying. She's in a whole other category. Uh-oh, Richard! <laughs> oh, wow! Wow! Will Smith did Five seconds. Five seconds of nonsense, if that.
we are still almost a month out talking about Chris Rock getting the the snot, the taste slapped out of his mouth. I didn't comment on it when it happened because I was a day late and dollar short because I don't watch the Oscars. And when somebody brought it up to me, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I had to go pull it up. And I also knew, I, I don't know if Jada's new look was disconcerting to me at all because she wears it well. Jada Pinkett Smith, her mama, Grammy, Gammy, beautiful women. And, but I did recently find out because I did the research that she has alopecia, effluvia, meaning her hair falls out, comes out in patches. A lot of people that have this condition, effluvium areata, they end up getting a head shave. Sometimes they go on to also lose their eyebrows um, and eyelashes. So it is a real condition. She's been suffering from it for years. And she went ball at the encouragement of her daughter, who I think is always high, like her son. But that's a whole nother story. Um... What I do know, uh, and the only thing that I'm going to say about the slap itself is I don't care. It was it about time? Probably. Should have happened at the Oscars? Probably not. But I'm going to use Chris Rock's own words. I'm not saying it should happen, but I understand. I think that Chris Rock and other people on the streets have been player hating Will Smith for a, a vast majority of his career. He's had great successes that nobody thought he should have had or they should have, that they wanted. Um, he's had, in spite of it all, this brother's worth over $300 million. He's gonna be fine. It doesn't matter. Even if they've banned him from showing up even virtually for 10 years, fuck them. He's probably going to continue on in his rich ass life and keep it pushing. And do I really care at this point about what any uh, white supremacist led academy thinks about Will Smith? No. But it in that short period of time, it made that award ceremony that's probably past its prime anyways, it made it more watchable because that's the most exciting thing that happened that night. Um, I thought the joke itself was stupid. It was ill, it was, it was not well-crafted. Um, I think he was speaking off cuff and that joke probably stemmed and it's like he didn't really care that she has a real medical condition. You don't joke about shit like that. He thought he was cool enough to get away with it on TV, but surprise, 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 y'all. He got slapped the fuck, fuck out. So it was a horrible joke and it wasn't funny. And that's what you get when you you go off script. How dare you? And Will Packer is a producer. Boy, oh my God. And what he is going to do, as the Oscars needed that to get the ratings up, 
that is what Chris Rock evidently was a wanted to use to get to start selling out his shows. Because from what I understand, as soon after the slap happened, he's going to ride this all the way to box office uh, goal and he's going to continue to get paid. These are two rich black dudes. They're going to be fine. Oh, I'm going to be fine. Am I going to do a think piece? No. Am I going to think, talk, and do the most about how this brings up trauma of me getting smacked? No, because it's not that crucial to me. What I do think is a trauma response, I think if it happened to anybody else in anybody else's workplace, they would have frog walked them up out of there. But is it so... But what i won't do or read about or discuss with anybody that's not black is the effects of this on my life or as they see it because it has no effect on my life i still got to go to work monday morning i still gotta um cut on my computer and roll my eyes all day um and be the late uh provider on and I, which I don't understand because if you can't talk to me before five o'clock, you stay in town. There ain't no reason, but fuck, we got to talk about. Um, I just, the, this slap has nothing to really do with me. It has no reflection on my life and my capabilities. And I really don't think it has any reflection on Will Smith, cap life and capabilities, but it definitely affected Pookie's, Chris Rock's, his effectiveness because it took him almost getting a beat down on stage at the white man's Oscars to basically fill out his venues on his current comedy tour. I think Will Smith went home and went and slept very well and wasn't thinking about us, definitely wasn't thinking about me or thinking about Will. But it does bring up several other things. When is it going to be okay for people to say enough is enough? Uh, deriding someone's wife or anyone that has a medical condition is never good. Why did he do it? Did he, was he, is he that desperate to fill up his venues to make such a crash joke? Only time will tell. He ain't talking because he only talks enough until you come and pay for them damn tickets. I don't think I need that answer as much. Um, I'll tune in to when somebody interviews him about it. I'm only interested in finding out as um, what other African-Americans and what the other star, star, uh, stars have to say about it. The stars themselves have to say about it. And why is it so bad that as her husband, he's going to take up for her? Violently, yes. But what is the problem with him smacking the shit out of somebody who he's probably told you need to pipe down, motherfucker? Talk about me, but don't talk about my kids or my mama or my kids, my mama or my wife. What is so bad about somebody being protective in that manner? And why are, is he not allowed to be protective in that manner to Jay, his own wife, Jada Pinkett Smith? Are y'all still playing hating him? Because not only did he land men in black and Mike Lowry, people lusting after him, running after him, screaming Mike Lowry and ain't screaming after your crusty lips and as a pookie, 
boy, bye. And even as a dude, but he's still from West Philly. I think y'all are just doing the most. And why can't he, he may have acted in the wrong way at the wrong time, but why would you expect her to be able to suck something like that up when the joke, one joke went fucking funny and she has a medical condition? And is it because that and also because you hate her because she was with Tupac and then went Will Smith and not to your dumb ass? I can't. It's too much, y'all. It is way too much. And it's also, I don't care what any other white person or other personality or celebrity has to say about this. I don't care what y'all have to say. Y'all ain't got now nickel and that dime. And it's because of y'all, we doing this dumb shit anyway. So whatever. Stop talking to me. Don't ask me about it because I have no opinion as far as what you would understand. So don't ask me about this crap anymore. But Will Smith respond after the Academy banned him. Um, this is also from taking a clip taken from E. I wonder what he actually Today, the big about. news, Will Smith's Academy fate is sealed. Will Smith just smacked the out of me. Will Smith is banned from attending an Oscar ceremony for the next 10 years. That was the Academy's decision after meeting on Zoom for nearly three hours this morning. Will is still apparently eligible for future nominations, but in an open letter, the Academy called out his behavior in the first sentence, describing his conduct as unacceptable and harmful. Will responded, I accept and respect the Academy's decision. The 64 Good, and it's not like he wasn't going to be punished. Um, come on, y'all. He said he accepted it because what was he going to absolutely do? You can't walk up in your place of work and slap and be beaten up and slapping people. Um, you're just not going to happen. So I'm not going to. I don't care what Jay Leno has to say about this. I don't care about Johnny Depp has to say about this. I don't care what the white folks on SNL have to say about this. But what I will listen to is Denzel Washington's what was his opinion on this? Because, of course, he is being interviewed by my pastor, T.D. Jakes. You just came back from the Oscars and congratulations and hats off and kudos and all of that. But I got to ask you right now, Pastor Washington. You stepped in the middle of World War III. We were looking at Ukraine and it happened on the Oscars when Will, who I love, smacked Chris, who I love. You came in as a senior statesman into that situation. Don't let me tell you about it. You tell me, what happened? What happened? What happened? To, to the, these, these, these icons, these, these legends got into a fight in front of the world. What happened? Got, it wasn't a fight, it was just one person slapping the taste out of the other one's mouth. Well, <laughs> there's a saying, when the devil ignores you, then you know you're doing something wrong. Wait a minute, I'm not done now. <laughs> You know, the, the devil goes, oh, no, leave him alone. Man. He's my favorite. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Him. Yeah. Conversely, when the devil comes at you, 
Maybe it's because you're trying to do something right. And for whatever reason, the devil got a hold of them, that, of that circumstance, that, that night. And fortunately, there were people there, not just me, but others in the gap, Tyler Perry, came right immediately, right over there with me. And, and some prayers, you know, um, keep it, keep it. I want to say what, what we talked about, but um, <laughs> there, there but for the grace of God go any of us. Yeah. You know, who are we to, to, to condemn? You know, I, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of the situation, but uh, I know the only solution was prayer. The way I saw it, the way I. And there you go. I am. I don't think he said a lot, but what I do believe is he gracefully um, declined to add to any chaos. I was 20 years old. And he I was admitted at my point. to. Um, what was important, I'm sorry, um, it just started playing a more um, Denzel Washington. I think he was talking about uh, why, how, why he got into acting. Um, he actually is, what well, that was from the leadership conference um, that he was speaking to Bishop Jakes. And, I, and also in lead up to, I believe there is a masterclass that uh, Denzel Washington is also um, involved in. But... So I, I record all of those things and I say all of those things basically to say that what I feel and saw or believe about that slap, it had nothing to do with any of us sitting on the outside. It was firmly a reaction, probably an overreaction to discussions uh, and activities that none of us are privy to. They are going to be okay. Again, two rich black dudes. They're going to, career's going to go on. It's not really going to make a difference when you're 300 mil in. They're going to be fine. They also have access um, to the work um, because I think both of them need counseling. The why of it all about why you thought it was okay to say such a crash joke on the world stage and again why will smith you sought to slap the taste out of somebody's mouth on the world stage y'all need to go to y'all respective psychiatric corners and unpack some shit so we may not need to see any of this again outside of um double xl um rolling loud that's the kind of place that we need to see that kind of nonsense. I don't really need to see necessarily see it on the Oscars, even though I'm probably never going to watch the Oscars ever again. Um, I would prefer not to see it on <clears throat> outside of a movie, outside of one of those um, environments. There's time and place for everything, and I don't think the Oscars was it, bro. 
but y'all need to unpack some shit why you reacted that way and why the joke was said um, even though it was obvious that it was not on the teleprompter, it was not a part of your stand-up. Um, that uh, it was not a part. That was not a part of your set for the Oscars, and it was crass and it just wasn't funny. So, the slap hurt around the world. Is it affecting me? Nah. Am I going to talk about it outside of anybody else that does not look like me? Um, or that is not black or brown, I'm probably not. So don't call me and ask me about it. That is Super Trooper, the karaoke version, originally performed by ABBA. Um, this comes off Karaoke Diamonds instrumentals. First and foremost, it is difficult to find free music, copyright free music that won't become a violation of YouTube's um, uh, uh, rules as far as the free usage of this music, music in um, the production of a monetized uh, video clip. But it's also difficult to find uh, copyright-free ABBA-like music uh, and people that would recognize ABBA. A Swedish, I wanted, I typed in um, famous Swedish group. I knew they were from up there, but I did not know that ABBA was Swedish. Go figure. And why am I talking about ABBA? Because I'm a nerd. I started, as I've stated on yesterday's shorts, I will say it again. The math ain't mathing, y'all. And what I, the more I learn about um, the lack of the Swedish response um, to COVID, the pissed off I get. And this fool, Anders Tegnell, He'll leave his position as even as an international uproar over his role as epidemiologist in his government's lack of response to take a, even a senior expert in a group with the World Health Organization. Not only is Swedish people going to be misled by this fool, this fool is going to the World Health Organization. How do you become an absolute supervillain and then get an even bigger job with WHO and UNICEF? Is it, are y'all being for real? Am I, are y'all punking me? Because I don't know. I have not seen anything this crazy since I left the military when they promote you just to get rid of your ass. So is this a way for them to get rid of his ass and then they can drag him once he gets to the World Health Organization and we won't learn from him anymore? Because how many people are going to not trust the World Health Organization when he goes over there spouting some of this same BS or did they hire him because they knew they could get him for a song 
And he would give them the information that they wanted to basically say how we cannot distribute vaccines and other technology and other treatments equitably. Because he's just going to look at it like a math equation and take out the humanity of it and just give them what they want to hear. He's a type of supervillain that will be able to do that. Because, again, the math ain't mathing. I don't understand how he got that position. Are they so hard up for people at the World Health Organization that they'll hire um, Hannibal Lecter? Sweet in any ways. Um, this is from comments taken directly from the writer from the LA Times, Michael Hilsick, a business columnist at that same paper. I admit freely that I subscribe to maybe about six or seven different papers. And um, this one captivated me um, because I've been talking about COVID shenanigans from a lot of different angles. But this is some governmental extra level craziness. Evidently, the optics dictated that Swedish residents were able to enjoy themselves at bars and residence. Their schools remain open and somehow their economy thrived and they remain healthy. So say the most ardent fans. These same, um, the people that mostly touted this are the anti-vaxxers and the Republican crazies. Um, and it seems like anybody on the right or completely to the left of what makes sense uh, was touting their success from a business standpoint because it seems like the their business person was the one that supported um, the anti-lockdown. And that's Anders Tegnell. He's called the architect of Sweden's failed anti-COVID strategy. What is exactly what am I talking about? A uh, report in Nature says that the Swedish response to the pandemic was unique, characterized by morally, ethically, and scientifically questionable laissez-faire approach. It included treatments being withheld from elderly patients, including um, vaccinations. And if you had a comorbid like obesity, you were not going to get an ICU bed. You were going to get morphine instead of oxygen. Definitely not remdesivir. Definitely not the COVID pill. And you were not given, afforded the same vaccination or same access to vaccination as the rest of their population. It seems like they did a cost-benefit analysis. And what it cost them, I think, was out completely outweighed what they gained. Sure, their economy not only thrived but expanded, but at what expense? Now nobody trusts them their asses. They had the highest um, approval rating as far as governmental trust um, and maybe that is what allowed them to uh, basically operate 
with no impunity because everybody trusted they were doing the right thing, that the people were taken care of, that they their approach was somehow uh, completely different uh, than the rest of the world in their insular world. But what they did is they basically allowed people to die and withheld treatment when the data showed them differently. And then they skewed and withheld the data um, to their own benefit. When I say the math ain't math, and I basically say that they had the data, but they saw the they used the data in such a maladaptive way that it was to the detriment of the Swedish people. And for lawmakers um, and conservative and anti-vaxxer, anti-maskers that point to the Swedish, you better be very careful. Because again, the math ain't mathing. How can you have no lockdowns, not change your your ways, and the only thing that's really saved is your business. The only thing that's saved is, that's the only thing that's saved. So you put uh, profits above people, and that's not fair. And that is why you're gonna go down as the grossest failure of government, of, the gro of big government at that, on such a, a, a impactful way that you're going to make people be ashamed of their being in that country. Y'all pay all these taxes and high prices. Uh, Amsterdam is like one of the, excuse me, Stockholm, because Amsterdam's not Sweden. Stockholm, one of the most expensive cities to live in in the world. But the cost that people pay to be able to live there um, is basically outweighs any of the benefits. There is no benefit when they use the taxes and their tax base and they basically put a price on who to save and who not to save. Um, and I think it, that is in itself is appalling. If you're gonna use data, make sure there's no inherent bias in the data and not then don't use the data withhold the data and skew the data um for your own benefit for nefarious ends this is a scammer getting scammed that scammed the whole swedish uh the whole Swedish population, as well as the world, to think that they, these policies that only save big business and was only benefit to big business, and the lies that they told, and all the death that they could have prevented, all the infection they could have prevented. You can't get, and let's just go back to the science. You can't get herd immunity if nobody is um, alive to provide uh, defense against the disease. For example, the way that you, in, that you first start with herd immunity is making sure for, in a safe way that you vaccinate the population, a wide uh, part of the population has to be uh, vaccinated. We all, and we know, the rest of the world knows that natural COVID does not provide you adequate uh, protection from any of the variants or from subsequent reinfection. The only way that you can prevent that is, again, by getting safely vaccinated. We got too many very safe, 
potent vaccines that will absolutely assist you in reaching herd immunity. So with that said, they need to vaccinate, the larger part of their population need to be vaccinated and not have COVID parties because natural COVID does not provide the levels of, of herd immunity that you are trying to get to. We've been saying that since the, out, since the outbreak of the pandemic. You can't control the disease without having uh, some types of changes, meaning decreasing, um, increase, increasing your ventilation, decreasing population gatherings, um, hand washing and masks. Those are very, some very simple things in disinfecting. Those are some very simple things. And you can't keep running around like it doesn't matter when it really does matter. Y'all could have saved almost 2,000 lives uh, based just doing those simple things, but you chose not to. You put business and profits above lives, and now you're gonna pay for it by becoming the laughing stock of the scientific community as well as other government um, agencies. And now, the backlash is the people are like just like we most a lot of Americans are here. Some of Americans are myself are very kind of give um, our government the side eye, and we don't can't depend on the government to protect and support us because there's too many other outside forces. That's where I think the Swedish people are. They don't. They now are going to be. I don't know if they're going to be as mistrustful as we are, but they're not going to think that all of the taxes that they're paying when it's really the government don't really give a shit about you. They were just about protecting the economy at y'all's expense. Good luck with reconciling that um, and do what you need to. If you're gonna, if you're going to not really do and pay the protections for me, why am I? Then you got to ask yourself, why am I paying all these taxes and why all these? And it, it did nothing for prices. Prices are just as high as they've always been. Why am I giving and donating and putting my money into again into a government that don't really give a crap about me? Y'all gonna have to reconcile that too and see how is it better to know that your government ain't shit, but know that you would not want to live any other place in the world. And what do you have to do to change those things? And also make sure the government responds appropriately to being put on blast for being stupid. And again, when you put profits above people, you get this debacle um, in Swedish. And that's all I got to say about that. And I hope um, you enjoyed um, my take on the uh, abysmal response to Sweden and the pandemic, the COVID pandemic. And if you like it, please give me a thumbs up and hit subscribe uh, at the end of this video. And again, I thank you guys for listening. Um, hit me up with some comments because I hope this represents what the title basically says. Math ain't math is sweet and y'all need to be ashamed of yourself and how you all of you guys are going to and the sweetest citizens are going to reconcile themselves to a, a governmental stupidity.
That is Old School Soul Track from Royalty Free Music. Some instrumentals. This is featuring... Who is this featuring? Number one, Soul Music. Hello, this is Tenfro is reading or Felicia just chilling on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm trying to add to my Tenfro shorts. I didn't realize that one of my videos of Karen tripping, um, No More Tears, went almost kind of went viral with 37,000 views and some weird comments. Um, I found it interesting because I was just responding um, to something external and something that meant a lot to me. With that said, I am entering in this um, stage of mindfulness and grief. I have not posted anything to anywhere in over two weeks, two and a half weeks, until I um, had to come and post something um, late. Um, I recorded my podcast, I believe a compilation of it and had submitted it for uh, publishing back on March 24th or 25th, but then late on March 25th, after I had returned from picking up groceries, my sister called me and told me about my father dying. Um, and it's no shade. I'll put in the either my podcast notes as well as in my um, notes for this shorts. Uh, my father was actually murdered. I can't, I'm trying to get my mind around it. It's been like a horrible, horrible, uh, worst episode ever of Law and Order over the past two weeks. I had to figure out very rapidly because gas is $1,000 a gallon how I was going to get home. Thankfully, I have a ID4, an all-electric car by Volkswagen. I learned by um, I simply learned by um, elimination uh, where I could charge. Um, I found out that if I put in my beginning location and then where I was ending, that I could actually look up on Google all of the places from Electrify America to ChargePoint that had the rapid and EVGO, which is more prominent in Hampton Roads, where I could actually charge up. But I had to figure it out really rapidly. I ended up not leaving until like Sunday, uh, late Sunday morning, and it took over like 20 hours for me to get there. Um, it was a lot, y'all. And I'm still processing it because in as far as my father and my lack of relationship is concerned, we were estranged, meaning I hadn't spoken to him since maybe 2015 or 2016 um, for a variety of reasons. But going back even prior to that, um, and it wasn't because I borrowed money from him. Um, it was, he was trying 
to entice me. Prior to that, he tried to get me to pay off his debt as far as a scam. <laughs> I have to look at financial stuff because that's how families fall apart, mostly through finances. But it's because I'm very strong-willed. I have been a physician for 15 years by that point, major in the military. And I wasn't really used to anybody talking to me like they were crazy. And I knew that for my own personal uh, mental health, that I could not and would not subject myself to anyone coming at me left. No comments on my weight, my appearance, if you have no already nickel in that dime. And I don't have to impress you or anyone like you. And that's and I had to put him in that core that category where again I don't have to talk to you. And family means uh, would mean so much to me, more to me, if I did not have to worry about the psychological detritus that you get dumped on every day. So when my sister calls me screaming and hollering that he has been murdered, um, I have to unpack that. How do you deal with that? Nobody deserves that. But dealing with it, I am, and it's a step and a day-by-day process. Um, that's why this mindfulness journey I am on even though I had no idea what the ham sandwich that was. But it appears that mindfulness and being mindful is key to healing and dealing with grief. Who knew? A lot of this stuff is so feathery strokey to me, meaning I don't, I, I really don't understand it all. I really, I really have no idea how to apply it, but I find it helpful. I don't know if that makes any sense. But so I had to look up what the ham sandwich is mindful. First, it's a type of meditation in which you focus on being aware of what you're sensing and feeling in the moment without interpretation or judgment. In some places, there are seven key attitudes of mindfulness. Um, and getting started and uh, what exactly it is. But that awareness of your thoughts and feelings and body sensations and surrounding environment without judgment, that helps you realize that you are grieving. But it also, no shade, no judgment. And I think being mindful or a mindful person is in direct contradiction when you live in a very judgmental world. Um, I say that I, I usually tell people that I'm in my head a lot. Um, and I found out that you can be in your head and, and being a mindful person, you can still be in your head because you have to be cognizant of your thoughts no matter if they're repetitive and maladaptive you have to be able to work those out with a therapist so 
in addition to figuring out how I was going to get back to Virginia, which I had not been to in years. Actually, I had not been to Virginia since, it's been three years, since um, August of 2019. And I'm only, I'm probably one of the only people that is happy with the pandemic because I've used that as an excuse not to go to Virginia at all. And I'll deal with that some of my feelings uh, mixed while I was there. But the the impact of having to be told and being in my head, um, I am very cognizant of my feelings. One of the, it vacillates between anger and grief. My father was murdered by a person that he thought of as a son. Um, no relation, never adopted him. He lived in my my mother's house uh, probably for about 10, 12 years until his mother and he reconnected with his biological father. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Cola Bill IV. This fool basically wanted and was on tap of being a black serial killer. And of all the uh, serial killer uh, shows that I've watched, he's the most stupid. I'm just gonna have to put go on record to say that. He is the product of a killer, a murderer himself. When he reconnected with his father, his father was actually on the run because he had killed his wife. He is the product of, I think, of an affair. Um, And he also got, was almost killed his own mother. I don't know if he was six months old or whatever, but it was before uh, his mother uh, hooked up with my father. I can truly tell you that my feelings for both of them, I have no feelings. I don't care. I think both of them are trash and they need to burn in hell. And being mindful, I'm mindful that those feelings are actually okay. I'm not going to act on it because vengeance is not mine. It is the Lord's. And I'm okay with that too. I'm not trying to catch a case for these motherfuckers. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, warning. There's a lot of cussing in this episode. I'm going to have to mark it explicit because I just can't help. So, and I don't know how to act and I've had a martini. So, go figure. Anyways... He actually, this fool, Cola, Cola the Third, killed his wife, hooked up with this fool's mama, had Cola, lived in the house on and off for the past several years. Um, even though the father got caught up, had that murder charge, who he's now serving a life sentence for um, in Maryland because he killed his wife in Maryland. Um, had been was out actually on parole for good behavior of all things kills his ex-girlfriend and the dog watches the mother uh on the security cameras after he does the deed at some point goes to my father's house shoots him robs him 
with and uses his own truck to remove items that he had stolen from the house. His partner was make it was quote unquote disrespected him, kills him. Before that, goes back to the girlfriend's house and sets it on fire. Um, his mother then calls for a um, welfare check on my father. Okay. Because she had known what her son was up to and had did. But this fool had killed the cousin, the partner by then. They hold up in a Airbnb, supposedly holding the girlfriend of the cousin he had just killed hostage. But they go on shopping. Splitting up the money that was found in, that he stole from my father between the mother and the girl, the uh, baby's mama. Um, they tracking the quote unquote hostage by her cell phone um, to this Airbnb in Hampton and then raids it and locks these fools up. If they hadn't jacked him up and caught him, he would have continued to kill. I think he had a hit list and I think his my father's blood relatives and children were on it. I think he knew he had nothing to lose and I think he was also high as hell when he gave both of those interviews. I don't want to give any credibility um, to anything that he said during those interviews because he basically confess to three separate murders and I'm okay with not revisiting that I had to rewatch it again to get the time stamps because I had to say tell these things to the state farm insurance agent but I did not I did not want I don't want to watch that again and I did not need or want my sister or I have to identify his body because decomposition has set in um, and he was missing a part of his face. I wanted to remember the Clifton Robert Baxter that was in his uh, Vietnam era um, army uniform. I wanted to remember the Jerry Curl wearing leather jacket wielding shine that everybody know from his DJ days. Never did I thought that I would have to uh, pay for his cremation, come up with the playlist for his uh, memorial service. Um, Al Green and Marvin Gaye and Lenny Williams heavy. I'll share the link to the playlist also in this episode notes, but how I'm dealing with it is remembering being mindful that although we were estranged, I also recognize he had some good parts, although I didn't see them as much. I don't think we ever had a real relationship um, as I was an adult. He never got to know Tenfro. I don't think he 
had access um, to my blog or any social media. He chose, maybe he chose, I don't know. Maybe he chose an image of me as a child. And he never learned to grow beyond that. And I never had kids. I never married. So he never walked me down the aisle. And I doesn't have any grandkids by me. Too bad, so sad. But what I do know is I am going to choose to deal with all these unanswered questions about what's next. I'm also going to be okay, but I'm going to work through and I can't stay angry about the chaos all of this has brought into my life. For example, I'm so furious that my father let this fool bamboozle him, let this fool into his house, had access to him, and he got blown away by him. He probably shot, taught this fool how to shoot. And he may have used his own gun against him. That makes me angry. What about the hardcore Cliff or Sean that I knew? He wouldn't have let this fool in. I am dealing with disappointment in his, his inability to recognize trash. I'm also very angry that that fool lived in my mother's house that they built together, that they uh, paid for together. That makes me angry of all things. But I can't blame, he was a victim of a stupid head. And I hope that Cola gets every life sentence for everybody that he took their lives way too soon. I don't want I don't want to be angry, but I think for the suddenness of it all and also recognizing that it's okay to be pissed off that my life has shifted and I'm going to have to adapt to these things. He's gone. I knew it was the call was going to come that I would have to come back for a funeral, but I did not know that it was going to be this sudden and that I was going to have to fucking pay for it. That's annoying. But dealing with the this and this person that took it upon himself to end my father's life, and I do understand that my father was ill, but... Cola did not have the right to end his life, and he has to pay for that. I don't know if I'm going to get closure by going to that trial, which may actually extend uh, maybe to weeks or days because I ain't got that kind of time. I'm not going to burn up my uh, hard-won time off for that fool's trial. But, well, I will, because I know he's going to be convicted because he has to be, because he testified, he testified or admitted to all of his wrongdoings on camera right after he got caught. If you want to watch it on YouTube, go and watch it for Channel 3 News uh, from Virginia uh, posted on YouTube. I'm not even going to share that link because this fool is crazy. It's not crazy, like certifiable criminally insane. He knew exactly what he was doing. It was premeditated. 
There is murder, robbery, arson, and fraud. And they need to also look at his extended family, including his greasy raccoon eye mother and his slick willy brother, uh, half brother, just saying. But what I will uh, read for you guys and end this episode um, with a victim impact statement, because the way I'm going to deal with this is figuring out how to formally express myself in words, put it into words, my feelings, and making no apologies for it. So here I go with my victim impact statement. Cola, you are a waste of air. I don't forgive you because my walk is still in progress. You robbed us, his actual children, his real family, grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the chill mellow shine. I always thought you and your raccoon greasy-eyed greasy mother were trash and not worth a second thought. You were a waste of space in my family's existence. A temporary... I hope... There you go. For a temporary reinstitution of the Virginia death penalty that would give me solace, but I know that's not possible. I only hope that every day of your pathetic life, you suffer by the hands of other bras on the yard. I hope the vision of my father, the restored and strong, handsome Clifton Robert Baxter tortures you and curses your dumb ass every minute, every hour of every day. I smile because this is the only time I am grateful my me and my family's tax dollars will be well spent keeping you in the clink for the rest of your natural life. Rot in hell, no regards, shines actual dark. I will be expressing my outrage not only of my father's death but other social shenanigans on my channel as far as 10 short. Don't forget to subscribe, leave comments, and I may actually read them out loud on upcoming episodes. That's some bull BS um, dance music, and I know my father would not um, like that because I know he was not into, probably wasn't into electronica, but when we actually sort through all of his thousands of vinyl records, um, I will, maybe I'll find out something different. I'm hoping to find the original pressing of Lenny Williams as well as original of Teddy Pendergrass and Al Green. Um, and just mellow, chill music that he would play back at the Jones Juke Joint or even at my grandmother's place back in retail. But this is how I'm dealing with my grief and trying to sort out and unpack um, unresolved or just resolved feelings. And I'm not ashamed of it all. I just have to acknowledge it and figure out how it's going 
to allow me to move forward because I know I can't mellow in this grief. Rest in power, Clifton Robert Baxter, my father, and the baddest DJ in Virginia Beach, known as Shine. And for everyone that is listening, again, and I just want to thank you for listening. we're going to end this episode and I'm going to end it with a a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement because maybe because of its simplicity or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which There's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm going to try to be kind to myself. I'll be kind to others. It's very simple and you got to repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others, and spreading happiness. I know I will. And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and light and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that, that can change everything for you. And, and just basically change your day. Don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc. for the notes on this podcast, as well as other works by CQM in, um, that are, and other contributors that are in work or in um, being edited right now. Um, also, check out my Instagram feed, Tenfro is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, Tenfro is Reading Book Club as well as my YouTube channel, Tenfro is Reading and Eating. And what I'm just chatting and streaming, um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Writer's Block Coffee or shipabagaddicts.com. Use my promo code Tenfro Coffee or Tenfro Got Jokes, respectively, to get a percentage off of your order. Don't forget to drop me a line at tenfrowisreading at gmail.com. Um, all non-trolling messages may be actually uh, read online, and you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Until next time, bye.